Hi, and welcome to the podcast. It is 1244. We've got uh, a lot of things to tap into today. Alexandria Thomas is here. Hello, gorgeous. Hey. Not, not, hello. 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 Um, what do I want to start with? I, I have like, uh, it's nothing, nothing pressing, nothing major. Um, and we've been waiting for two days for you to talk about euphoria. So <laughs> let's, let's start with that. By the way, I haven't watched Boba Fett yet. I mean, boring Fett, um, or Mandalorian season 2.5, two and a half, or two and a half. So no, no spoilers <laughs> for that. Um, okay. I, but there will be euphoria spoilers, so let it rip. So, uh, yes, euphoria spoilers. I love euphoria. I have been, they enticed me from the very beginning with the trailer, season one, episode one. I am also a huge Zendaya fan. I, if you remember a couple years ago, she had not won an Emmy for her first her work in the first season of euphoria, and I felt like she deserved it. She did win it the following year. She, Oh my God. Like, I don't even know. I can't even put it into words for like dare and some of these other organizations coming out and saying that euphoria is reckless is so not true. Like that's from people who may only be watching the scenes, the difficult scenes and not watching the full story, which the full story is prevention work. It's like, who would want to go through that? If that makes any sense. Rue, Zendaya plays a character named Rue. Rue is a, is an addict. 16 years old. Um, she's also battling. She, she, you know what? She's not battling. Um, there is euphoria. So effortlessly, um, employs actors and actresses that are part of the LGBTQ community. So specifically the main character is trans and they have not once spoken about that person's identity as a trans woman, if that makes any sense. Um, I don't know their pronouns, so I won't like make an assumption, but um, it's just so well done. And Rue is in a relationship with this person um, and their like gender identity, their sexual orientation, their preferences aren't discussed at all. It's, it's like young people doing a show showing how they want to be seen and how they want to navigate the world without their identities being the topic of discussion kind of perfection. However, this last episode, like the meat and potatoes of the discussion is this last episode Rue really, like, she really hit rock bottom. I mean, she had, she's been an addict for some years. Um, since I think she was 13, she's 16 now, so 13 or 14. Um, and this is the first time that it seems like it involved the police. So there was a fair amount of scenes that were her running from the police. She broke into somebody's house and stole jewelry. She broke into one person's house and stole jewelry and got caught. But then that's when she started the run from the police. She went to her friend's house to steal their jewelry um, because she was strung out. She was like withdrawing and withdrawal from drugs is really painful from opiates is extremely painful. Um, and so her acting, you know, when her she was lying to her family about being sober. And when when her her girlfriend found out that she was no longer sober, her girlfriend went to her, Rue's mom and said, listen, I need to be honest. And they did kind of an intervention and Rue lost it in the scene when she was in the home freaking out on her mom and her sister and she was violent and destructive. It was outrageous. Um, one sec. 
Sorry about that. Work things. So, um, <laughs> oh, I, can, can, I, I feel bad that someone interrupted your monologue. Keep going. <laughs> anyway, so the destruction, like it, it, it was so well done. It was just she, she started to just break down, and not in that I'm just crying hysterically. She was crying, and she was saying awful things to her mom, and you know, awful things to her sister, and she was violent, and she was hitting her mom, and. All the while, her girlfriend is in the living room and Rue doesn't know because she's blacked out with aggression and anger. And then she finds out and everybody sees her and her mom's like, aren't you embarrassed? Like, aren't you embarrassed with this behavior? Rue, please let us help you. We love you. We want to help you. And Rue, I mean, I, I'm still getting goosebumps. Like Zendaya being some beautiful model in real life, like she does a lot of modeling work. You know, she came from Disney to that performance like I feel like it's worth it just for you to watch that performance um, because it's not really giving any spoilers away you know except for the fact that she caught herself up in some mess with a drug dealer that could get her killed <laughs> like which may have been also why she was reacting the way that she was reacting the scene itself was so well done that I don't understand the logic of organizations like dare saying that that kind of work is that this kind of story is reckless who would want to live that like Zendaya plays this character so well and makes you just really fear what drug addiction can do to you you're empathetic with her but you're also like I am never doing that ever and it was so well done I I, I can't say I mean she deserves another Emmy if Olivia Coleman can win multiple Emmys in a row for playing the fucking Queen of England in the worst kind of way, not to say it's the worst kind of way, but in the most boring kind of way. And excuse my language because I'm working on not cursing as much. If she can play the Queen of England and get multiple Emmys, Zendaya can get an Emmy for that performance alone. It was fantastic. Well done. Excellent monologue. I think so. I think I want you to watch it. If you have to come over here and watch it on my phone, no. it's like it is 18 minutes. And the only reason why I say that is because it was so good my jaw was to the floor that scene and that entire episode really like if thomas took a picture of what i looked like i was in shock the whole time um that scene was so good and i was so deep into it that at some at one sometimes i like to pause the shows that i'm watching to see how much more time i have left to determine if i want to sit through the rest of this or if i'm like nah, i'm going to bed i'll come back to it later and i paused the show and i'm thinking i'm like okay we're getting to the end. I want to be prepared for that so I'm not disappointed when they cut to the credits, right? So I paused the show. I was only 18 minutes into an hour and 10 episode. Like that's how it just took me to a different world, if that makes any sense. Like I didn't, time did not exist. I'm thinking we're done with the episode. Like that's it. We're done. We were only 18 minutes in. That was crazy. You want me to watch that That. That scene, not the whole show or the series, Just right? that scene, okay. yeah. Just the first, the first like 20 minutes of that episode is really good. Is it on Showtime? Uh, HBO Max. Got it. I think I might have some days left. I'm not mm. sure. What did I get it for? I had a I'll long... give you my login if you need it. Don't tell HBO I said that. I, I will not at all. I will not at all. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, I mean, I have no idea what we just talked about. So, can we? Are do you? Can we move on? I'm done. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I'm done. Um, I did something earlier, and this is quick. That I 
I advise others not to do. I wouldn't want it done to me, um, except for you you and I. Like, we have an organic, or, or Bethany, Josh, too. Like, we have, it's just an ongoing dialogue. Uh, some might call that a friendship. But, um, <laughs> by the way, um, we've kind of hit, like, a fever pitch or a boiling point with people being irate about in Toledo, their streets not being um, taken care of, whether it be plowed or shoveled or, or whatever mm. it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that for several several reasons, um, outside of just the old West End, where it's another year, same problem. It's in other neighborhoods as well. Um, this will probably be the best day of snow removal Agreed. For, for the city because it's like 45 and sunny out. <laughs> um, Agreed. But... Um, I took the dogs for, I, I tried to take them for a walk. It didn't last long because the dumbasses um, kept walking into the still foot high snow on the sidewalks. <laughs> and they didn't like it. And I'm like, Get, no, <laughs> they were fine. But I, I have now seen that when Andre does that, it, it makes his bones ache. So, mm-hmm. and yeah, so the walk didn't go as, as intended. But I, uh, I blindly called someone. You blindly called someone? You called someone without permission? Well, someone not, not in your circle? Forget about not permission. Like, I like to... You butt-dialed someone? No, 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 no. Oh. I, I like to, hey, mind if I give you a call? Or are you busy? Like a warning right. message. Like sending up a flare. Because nobody wants to be startled by their phone ringing. So I, I went right past. I blew the light of texting to see if this person was available. Uh, I mean, I, I and two strikes, two strikes, and I'm out because I didn't do that. And then I left a voicemail. Oh, did they call back? Was it successful? No, and I wasn't expecting that. This person is is really busy. But um, in any way that you want to uh, censure me or give me a piece of your mind, uh, I'm here. I'm here for it because I went against personal rules of my own. I broke them, and uh, however you want to have your way with me, go go at it. I, you know what? I think it would be you. I think you need to answer to yourself because I personally am not like completely against um, when people call me because if I don't want to answer, I'm not going to answer. And Alex, then you'll get me when I'm ready. Yeah, it was my alarm. It's yeah. anyway. Um, if I don't want to answer, I'm not going to answer. And that's, and then I'll call you back, you know? So I, it doesn't really bother me. Like I, you know, I don't think you did anything wrong. I'm just shocked because you're going against your own, I know. like I know. golden rules there. It's, it's, it's guilt. I'll have to, I'll have to get over. So you're right. right. Um, w- one thing that irritates me and it shouldn't because this is where we get, we get really selfish and I bet you have some, some dislike of this as well. Don't you hate when you call somebody, they don't answer, and then like 30 seconds later, they call you back? No, I don't. I I will give them, if they call me back five minutes later or 10 minutes later, that's when it annoys me. But I give them a window of time to return my call because I try to do that too. But I guess even that's just a small select few people where I'll call them right back. Got it. You know? Like the like within five to ten minutes, I'll give them a window of time to call me back. If you call me back after that, I'm not going to answer, and I might also forget that you called me back, which means we're not going to be playing phone tag because I'm not going to call you back. <laughs> Got it. I mean, phone etiquette, communication etiquette is 
I mean, it's more, it's obviously more modern than ever. We have more ways to get in touch with people. Um, Is it etiquette though? I don't think so. It's like, um, are you familiar? There's a, there's a phrase in baseball, like the unwritten rules of the game. And every every time, like there are unwritten rules in all walks of life and Mm -hmm. they're often the point of contention and they cause friction because one person's unwritten rules are different from someone else's unwritten mm-hmm. rules. So etiquette mm-hmm. is not the right way to go about it. Like you and I have differences with the, the window you have for, for, for calling somebody back or whatever it might be. Um, there are some people like Josh, for instance, the, the other half of my best friendship. Um, mm-hmm. He's not a texter. For Like I just okay. realized he will not respond to his texts, but on Messenger, Facebook Messenger, like that. So I That's don't e- so funny. I know. I don't text him anymore. I just do Facebook Messenger. And I, I I, will sometimes even just call him through Facebook instead of calling him. So his preferred way of communication is through Facebook Messenger. It used to be, we- uh, like all of life now, it's more complicated than ever. But there was communication etiquette in the past. But now it's, I mean, because we have so many ways of, some people just like Instagram Messenger. Some people, uh, 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 we can get into, um... FaceTiming in public and the volume that you're doing that at. So we should we should have a segment dedicated to maybe we could do this for Valent. No, not Valentine's Day. We need to have a segment on what our unwritten rules are. Like, what do we have any unwritten rules? Have we violated any unwritten rules? Like, what were the craziest ones that we learned? Like, as an example, I I forgot what I I forgot what we were talking about, but I didn't realize that you're supposed to tip when you do something. I forgot what it was, but I'm like, she, you mean to tell me I've been going my entire adult life without tipping these people? Tipping I feel who? like a jerk. I forget. I don't know what it was. Like your, but male, it was like your male person or something? Maybe. I don't remember, but I just didn't know that you did that. And it, and it there is no rule. It's an unwritten rule, but I'm like, am I the only one that, that didn't know that? <laughs> anyway. Okay. Um, changing gears, and I figured you had this in your mind a little bit, and I guess it, it, it evolves a little more by the day. Um, but I mentioned yesterday on the podcast, um, I was really surprised this Joe Rogan thing hadn't blown up into something bigger. And again, it grows a little more each day. It and does. Two things that I forgot to put on the podcast, um, but I did put it in the text, but I'll, I'll bring it up now and you can share your thoughts on the whole situation. Um, one, um, I like what he did or what he has has done was mostly indefensible so people on his side weren't going to try to defend it um with a lot of aggression or passion and then also i think there because the only names that i can connect to the whole spotify thing were in the re whose music i adore but she for all intents and purposes is relevant joni mitchell and um neil neil who who was the other neil young was it neil young okay Mm -hmm. um I think other people who might have wanted to jump in thought, if I'm going to do this, and a lot of this is parsing, like millions of words that this person has said, um, or, or taking what people have parsed and then highlighting it on their large platform, people don't want that done to them. They don't want their skeletons yanked out of the closet, so they just kind of right. let it alone. But my point was, I'm surprised that this thing has, hadn't gone nuclear as many of these situations have. Um, I don't want to spend too much time on the Rogan thing, but I do want your thoughts on all of it. I mean, I, I so 
obviously, like, what he said, how he said it, it's awful. I was not as much upset about him. Um, You know, you should never say that word, even when you're repeating it. I don't say it. I try not to. Like, occasionally, you know, I might take, like, artistic expression when I'm talking with someone, but only in a safe space, if that makes any sense. Um, And I'm a black person. So like you're talking like that's my perspective from a black woman. But um, I I don't know. Joe Rogan has been a a dumpster fire, in my opinion, well before he came to Spotify. And I said this to you privately, but it was like Spotify knew what they were getting themselves into. You know, they wanted the money. That's what they wanted. They wanted the money, the people coming over to their platform for Joe Rogan. He's been a hot mess from the very I can't I don't love Joe Rogan's podcast. Because he will often have experts, and I'm using air quotes here, (laughs) he will often have experts that are giving thoughts and opinions, and everybody takes it, and they're like, oh my God, did you hear what they said on Joe Rogan? And I was like, yeah, I heard. Where did he get that information from? Like, how does he know? Like, he was talking about Amazon and how Amazon workers have to pee in cups because they can't take a lunch break. Amazon workers, they never... They never provide growth opportunities. They never, you know, promote within. And I'm like, how does he know? Has he ever worked for Amazon? Has he worked at every single Amazon plant there is? Like, where's the expertise here? How do you know? The comment that you sent over about the guy saying black people have a gene specific to Ah. aggression. How the fuck, excuse me, how do you know, sir? I was like, is anybody questioning this or is everybody just listening to it blindly? And I think, um, so anyway, so I've always thought that Joe Rogan was a dumpster fire. I think the things that are more offensive and that need to be discussed, and there's probably a fair amount of them, is comments like, you know, he, yes, he said the N-word many times, 23 times, I think it was. But he also made a comment like when he was surrounded by black people that he felt like he was in Planet of the Apes. Yeah, that's That is abhorrent. That, that. You know what? You see what I mean? Like you can you can make an excuse that you were reading some historical text or that you were, you know, repeating lyrics of a song when you use the N word like you can. And I think sometimes he really did truly was doing it in that way and thought it was okay. But the Planet of the Apes comments, the jokes, you know, go. Let's talk about the things he says about women like it's just inappropriate. But they knew what they were getting themselves into. They had to have. Yeah, and the, the money will always make the decision, and he brings them a, a lot of that. Um, if this was like, I mentioned yesterday, if this was Taylor Swift saying, get my music off, then you have a thing. But the three right. artists who were attached to it, like I think I don't even think Neil Young actually owns his music because he sold the catalog mm. to a record label. Um, it's the same thing, and there's a great... Um, writer for the Atlantic who I just I adore even the longest things he writes what did he say it was Rogan Bill Maher and Dave Chappelle they just don't give a fuck DGAF right. um, and the what's going on with Rogan and has is it's more of a constant thing because he's constantly doing podcasts but it's very comparable to, to Dave Chappelle um, oh yeah and, and and the behemoth that is Netflix. And I remember that there were certain people that were walking out of Netflix. And mm-hmm. it's just like a shoulder shrug. Like, you can walk out. Like, that's fine. We get it. You, you're you very upset with um, a lot of the things that Dave Chappelle has said on our platform. 
great. We're going to replace you and, you know, we'll continue to make lots of money and subscribers will come to us, blah, blah, blah. Right. I think it's just, I think from my perspective, I don't care. I think I'm a little more annoyed that, um, I'm not annoyed that Joe Rogan has such a following, but I think it annoys me that like the work that we do to try to sometimes dispel myths or when we are trying to speak the truth or when we are trying to speak logically and accurately. And then we have a Joe Rogan who has an 11 million person following, or I think it's like 11 or 16 million, you know, listeners you know, says the opposite. And you know what I mean? It just not to say that we are going to do the large work of changing minds and, you know, spirits. But I think it's just annoying because sometimes he really is like he, he does have a following and an influence. And sometimes he really allows some simple stuff to be brought onto his show, if that makes any sense. Like, part, and I don't mean simple in a good way. Part of this stuff when he was speaking back I and whether it was this one or a recent one, um, I think he said, I'll try to have people with other perspectives. And I think he he's had, I think he's had like the, the Sanjay Gupta from CNN. He did have before. Sanjay Gupta. I, th- I think he, he said that he'd, he'd have those and be more careful. And it sounded contrite, but we'll see with actions. So I thought that's one reason why this wasn't so fiery. And then also... Um, those 11 million people, they were pretty quiet with this, with the N-word and the, and the Planet of the Apes thing. Oh, yeah. Because I think, again, they knew that it was indefensible, so that's why this thing never got as hot as it could have. Well, and I also think that he's got a large following from a group of people that probably think it's okay. Like, let's be real. They think it's okay. But they They're looking for arguments to support. But they didn't defend it. Go ahead. Because <laughs> they, they, they might think it's okay, but they didn't try to poorly, poorly defend it. So I guess so. I mean, I I don't I don't know. I haven't seen that, but I, it's not going to stop anybody from listening. That's for right. sure. Oh yeah, yeah. By all means. Um, um, I don't know. Joe Rogan's annoying, and that's uh, that's coming from someone who's subjected to have to listen to it a few times, maybe a month. Like Thomas doesn't listen to Joe Rogan every day, but he does certainly listen to him. Calls him out when he's being an idiot, but still listens to him. And I'm like, bro, stop it. <laughs> maybe not you so much, but me. There are people who probably questions some or a lot of the things that I say. Probably not a lot, but enough to at least still stay here or know that my mind can be changed or I'll couch it with uh, with, with certain words. And I try mm-hmm. to be as, as careful as I can. Other times, not so much. Um, let me uh, <laughs> switch up to this, and this is going to uh, upset you as well. Oh, so I get, I get very annoyed with... Uh, usually the other side, who are so quick to be judgmental against government. And look, as we've said numerous times on the show over the Mm -hmm. last couple of years, there's been a lot of lousy government and a lot of lousy leadership in government. Um, Mm -hmm. And and then we see people who want to run to be in those positions. And I just think, okay, I mean, I'm sure a lot of the people who you you are criticizing went in with altruistic mindsets and now look like we're all beholden mm-hmm. to something and something politician politicians will always be political or people right. in politics will always be politicians um right. and, and and at one point the those people were not politicians but they got into it so i'm more lax in understanding of government and even like some wayward decisions sure i have a bigger problem with with business because at least in government, there's some accountability. 
Um, as opposed to, and I don't even need to go much farther than examples of, Facebook and all the controversies they've been through. And right. privacy and information and just, just stuff like that. Like, I have far more fears of business because of the greed and money involved than government. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. some of that is, this really hurt my soul. Are you aware of the crisis text line story? It's older, right? I believe I am, but refresh my memory. I had just seen it and maybe this is older because it was called out then. Um, crisis text line, which is the, the number that we use here. I think it's what? Text hope to 411 or? 741741. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. It's that. It's that mm-hmm. which Jen and I have used constantly. Um, mm-hmm. Crisis text line ends data sharing relationship with for-profit spinoff. Um, let me go through this. The nonprofit mental health hotline ended its data sharing relationship with the for-profit. That's not the part I wanted. Um, in recent days, the nonprofit has faced questions from data privacy experts. Um, a U.S. senator and even hmm. a U.S. senator, even some of its own volunteers, about the practice of sharing data with Loris AI, a company that uses insights gleaned from the text lines, millions of conversations to design customer service software. Um, They were, uh, the crisis text line was defending itself, but then they did an about face. And that is, that is abhorrent and, and awful. Like this truly altruistic purpose to help people who are anything from upset because they, can't do their homework to people who are on the on the brink of potentially taking their life and that data granted it wasn't being necessarily sold to for email lists and to Kohl's to sell you stuff so ads will pop up but that data was being used to craft other things to me that is far more concerning than you think your mayor is an idiot I Completely agree. I think it's unacceptable. And the crisis text line should be confidential. Like it should, when you are, just because you're texting someone that doesn't know you and you don't know them doesn't mean that your information shouldn't still be kept confidential and not used for the sake of another company's greed. Like, uh, not ew. Not one bit. Like you can give, you can give information that would be helpful to the cause. Um, not yeah. a business cause, but like, here's the, here's the amount of calls we get that are connected to suicide. Here's the amount of calls that we get that are connected to people who are upset Correct. that animal I mean, that's died. data. That's yeah. different. But th- this, this, is, this is so bad. And that's why I push back against um, some of the privacy stuff where people just automatically jump out and go, how dare you sell my information? Um, right. But I'm also like... You can have some of it because I want you to continue to service me ads of things you think I'll like because I'll, I'll buy the stuff. Like, that's just business. And it's a little, it's a little disingenuous. Uh, it's, a, it's a little evil. But so is all of marketing. Like, marketing for as long as humans have been alive and, and doing mm-hmm. it, it's mm-hmm. telling you that you need to buy something because you don't have it or you need it. So, and a lot of times it's bullshit. And a lot of times it's like, wow, this has really made my life better. So they literally have on their website and the frequently asked questions, is crisis text line confidential? Yes, crisis counselors only know what texters share with them and that information stays between you unless sharing it with emergency services is absolutely necessary. We, de- we take your confidentiality seriously, but they do have 
one thing where it says check out our terms of service mm. and I would almost bet in the small print there is um, something related to oh yeah the information we collect collection of, and use of personal identifying information data that can be used to uniquely identify you like your full name we talk about that here in the center like your full name home address during the crisis text line you may be asked but never required to voluntarily provide personal identifying information including but not limited to your name awful yeah um yeah privacy is a unacceptable a, agreed a, a thorny thorny issue um it shouldn't be when it comes to stuff like this um and, and they and should reverse yeah your your terms of service is is a great example because Find me someone who, whether it was for something they were really excited about or they were just meh about, they read every single letter and word in that in the 88-page in the terms of service that basically will allow companies that say they can't do something to do just that because of some legalese. That's how they get you, yeah, and that's unfortunate. I think that they, if they're smart, they'll reverse course on that because I think they really can, they really do engage and will continue to engage an audience that is probably new to mental health services. And the reason they're new is because they're concerned, like they're afraid to talk to someone. They're gonna engage an audience where like, they'll be more likely to reach out via text than they would like going to someone in person. Um, and you're going to lose that if they feel like their information is not confidential. Like it's just disgusting yep. and, and unfortunate. And the last place, you know, so, something like that, some sort of partnership or relationship like that should be is with a crisis text line service. Yep. Ugh. Um, all right. We will, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. We'll, we'll wrap up with the, uh, the fun topic that I'm going to use for the air so today. What? No, I'm excited. I okay. said, "Ooh." Today is today is National Pizza Day. Oh well, my I, god. I I hate these. They're so dumb. But it um it kind of makes it, it can make for interesting discussion. So I was wondering, especially if this is like a big pizza week heading toward the Super Bowl, um what's the worst topping imaginable for pizza? Now, I'm I'm going to create some ground rules with this. Um it has to be a food that you already like, but just wouldn't mesh okay. well as a topping. Like, you can't go anchovies or, so I dislike cottage cheese. So I can't say okay. cottage cheese would be a bad topping because I already dislike the food. So um, I have two ones that are not great uh, examples of mine, but I have a really, really good one. My, my two that are not good would be apples, cucumbers. Although I would deal with pickles, but like apples would not make a great pizza topping. Um, Correct. The, and and my, my perfect example of this is I like mayonnaise. I do not want mayonnaise on my pizza. You know, I follow a TikTok influencer who dips his pizza in mayonnaise. Um, I'll have to like add you to one of those videos so you can see it's no, disgusting. No, don't no, don't No, no, no. Uh, completely um, so unnecessary. My is, oh, I have two. One is extremely predictable. Pineapple. Ah, I knew that was going to come Ew. up. Do you wait? And then do you, do you regularly like pineapple though? Uh, yes, I okay. love pineapple. Okay. Um, artichoke. I've seen artichoke on pizza. Yeah. Disgusting. You, but Disgusting. But, but you, I love artichoke. Okay. And I, I think artichoke is a pretty common 
like high end topping these days. Those are really good. It is. Yeah. It is. Um, I will do some more thinking, but uh, I want to take some calls on this. Do you, do you know the phone number to the radio station? Um, 419-241-1055. Nah, close enough. 419-240-1055. So, um, (laughs) good enough. But yeah, I thought that would be fun. And then I started diving, like I started to dive into like pineapple and anchovies and what's the other, black olives, but I normally don't like those. I love black olives. So good. You'd be okay with olives in your pizza? Oh my God, I always, I get like constant, if I'm ordering lunch while I'm here at work, I get Jet's pizza. I get a cauliflower pizza with pepperoni and black olives. Delicious. Um, Have you seen any Big Slice posts lately? I have not, no. Um, They're, they're, they, Mo has cranked out like a Detroit style pizza and it looks really good. Ooh, I'll have to give it a try. You know, I like Mo and I love the local pizza places, but I would be remiss on this National Pizza Day if I did not shout out Costco. If you know, you know the not the nine ninety five pizza from the Costco like cafeteria is so <clears throat> good. It's insane. It's gigantic. It's thin. It's kind of New York style. It's super cheesy, melty. Just it's delicious. I've heard that people get like a pretty decent meal from that Costco snack bar. So I, and I'm not a Costco yeah. person. I'd never judge, but okay, good enough. Um, so good. Have you seen the little Caesars Batman promotion? So we got little Caesars the other day because I was too lazy to cook and they had a drive through over on Broadway yeah. and he's like, would you like, and they're so sweet. He offered it and he goes, would you be interested in the Batman pizza? And I was like, what the, what's the Batman pizza? And he showed me, I'm like, you know, that doesn't look appetizing. Is it like two calzones that attached to a pizza to make it look like a bat? And he said, essentially, I said, yeah, no, no thanks, I, but I have seen it. I thought it was not... Maybe is there a kind where you can get with like pretzel bread or was I just seeing the calzones? Probably. Okay. Probably. Yeah, I, I am not a like chain person because our local places are so good. But um if you're gonna and I thought it was just a Batman logo on the box, but then I saw the pizza. Mm-hmm. So um yeah, I, I'm in. I mean, how can I be a true Batman fan and get ready for the movie as I, I know appropriately? Oh one more quick thing. Yeah. If I may. Um you know, we've talked about spoilers before, right? Like movie spoilers? Yeah. And we're kind of on the same page? Like, Yeah, we give you a couple days, and then after that, it's your own fault. Right. Don't okay. listen. So, Vinny sent me this. Are you familiar with Am I the Asshole on Reddit? No. Okay. My husband and I are expecting a baby. As you may know, there's a new Batman movie releasing in early March. My husband is a big fan of that kind of stuff, wants to see it opening day. The issue is that our estimated due date is that day. I know that only a fraction of babies are actually born on that due date, but I've always been very regular in my periods, and I have a feeling this may be one of those cases. He says, it's important to see the movie the first day because of spoilers, and that even I, I end up having the baby that day <laughs> while he's watching the movie, at worst, he would arrive a few hours late and is not such a big deal. He says, I'm being irrational and emotional because of being pregnant. I'm upset because I... Feel I I feel deprioritized by him. Am I the asshole? Yes. Although there may be a history of her feeling like she's not a priority, which is speaking to her problem more than what he's actually saying. 
saying childbirth and and I, let me say it also may depend on how if she, and how she goes into labor she may go into labor days before her due date right so then it the problem is mute right so well, i wouldn't even let's say that it's the day off I like I would say go because we may very well be here for hours and all if all you are is a text away then you get your ass up leave the movie if my baby's gonna come out if I'm crowning or I'm like eight centimeters and you're still at the movie then I'm gonna text you to leave I'm eight centimeters it's gonna be within the hour you need to come back but otherwise I'm like hey like go see the movie like at least one of us is gonna enjoy it That would be my perspective. So uh, this movie is like three hours long. Um, what else? I mean, the real. It, I was divided on this in a lot of ways. Vinny even said this guy should have, or they should have known better, um, knowing that you know nine months out or whatever the weeks is was going to land around the Batman movie. Although I give them some slack on that, knowing that you know with COVID, the, the release date has already moved a couple of times, so that was right. a possibility. Um, right. And I, I, you know my rule, like if you, you're you're more liberal than me because I want to talk about this thing by like a Sunday, when the box office totals have already been released. Because I want to talk about don't because you can't avoid your internet addiction. Don't stop me from talking about it online with my friends. But if there okay. is one thing that can and should keep you from your internet addiction, I would say it's a newborn. So I would tell this guy that. I'm like, look, you're going to be so busy with her and this newborn. I mean, there's not stuff for you to do in the delivery room. But afterwards, you're going to have to step up and help her and help the help the, the newborn. And that should keep you off your phone until you can get to the movie. Well, that's different. <laughs> I'm saying from the perspective of, say, her due date is March 4th, right? Because mm-hmm. I think that's when the movie is coming out. And he schedules, like he buys himself a ticket to go to the movies on March 4th at 10 a.m., right? But we know that's her due date. I would be like, fine, you can go because I may not like actually go to the hospital or my water may not break until five o'clock that night, you know, or six o'clock that night. And, and we're just sitting ducks until then. So I'm like, go see Batman, it's not a big deal. But if my baby does come, you know, or if it's like coming and you know, then you can't, then you're gonna have to cancel your ticket. You know, but otherwise buy the ticket and we'll see how it goes. Like even if I'm in the hospital and I haven't even had an epidural yet, because there's I've witnessed a couple births or been around or waited in the hospital room. That can be some people are in labor for 32 hours. Bethany, you know, what's three hours? Exactly. What's three hours? Oh, I want to know what Bethany's answer to this is going to be. I'm interested. She's home and her kid hasn't missed her. So that's a whole nother. I think that's I think that's a sensitive subject. Oh, is she in daycare now? No, Bethany went to uh, to, to Florida for her cult. And oh. It's like she wasn't even gone, or it's like she wasn't even there to begin with. Um, her kid's too young to notice that. No, she's not. I think she, at 100%, she's too young. You should tell Bethany that, and let's see where that gets you. I believe she's too young. Like, I believe that she's still too young for that advanced emotion of like, she, mommy, I miss you. Can she, can she even speak clearly? A little bit. A little bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And this is evidenced by she loves Josh. She loves Pa. She's kind of like pretty lukewarm about Bethany. Oh, well, whatever. that I believe. I yeah. mean, because that happens sometimes. That I believe. But I don't, I mean, and I'm not like 
minimizing Bethany's feelings because I bet that that is really hard to not like doubt or take your mind to that. But um, from my perspective, I think she just might be a little bit too young. So I think Bethany placed maybe an unrealistic expectation on her little baby girl. Um, I texted her earlier. Did Maddie miss you or should I not ask? Bethany responded, <laughs> not at all. So, um, all right. Sweetie. Have a good rest of your Wednesday. And uh, listen, I think I will listen for yourself on the radio. I'm not quite sure when I'm going to put it on. Probably the four o'clock hour. Just do that thing where you record it and then add it to social media. And then that way I'll listen. Otherwise, I'm not going to catch it. You know, I won't because you don't want to turn on the radio. I might not even be in the car. Okay. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye.